appreciate the opportunity to, to bring the study to you this morning. We're going to talk for a short time on the subject of selfishness. And I think it's important that we point out here, uh, the topic of the morning is not because I think that this congregation has a, a huge issue with this. We have a very generous congregation here. And over and over and over, when needs have arised, we've had people step up, different individuals in the, in the congregation. And no matter what it's been, we've always had an abundance of people willing to do that. And so I don't bring the lesson this morning because I think that we have this huge issue. I bring this lesson so that possibly we can point out a few things that maybe we haven't thought about, maybe that we can look at. Uh, this morning. When you think about life, uh, I think we all know there are certain things that we do that are coming from a selfish perspective. And sometimes those are just daily events, just the normal things of, of life that we go through, that we do. And those things can be have a certain undertone of selfishness. When I wake up in the morning and I go to my job, there are certain things that I want. And in return for that, I'm paid a certain amount of money and I take that money and I budget that out. Certainly part of that paycheck goes toward the things that I want. And therefore there's a certain element of selfishness in me doing that. When I get up in the morning, I take time to comb my hair, to do all of the things, to get dressed, to bathe myself. Those things are of a selfish nature in that we're taking care of ourselves. So each one of us have a certain element of selfish things that we do even though that's not detrimental to someone else. As we look at the different things and we think about these things, we want to look at where that line is drawn. To what extent is the selfishness, does selfishness exist in our lives? In Proverbs 11 and 26, it says, He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be on the head of him that selleth it. You know, we think of selfishness, we think about um, not being willing to help anybody with anything, and we have all of these different things, and we just hoard them up to ourselves, and we don't help anyone. You know, many times when we think about that, it's of a financial nature when we think about help with others. But that's not, al not always the case. In this verse, it talks about hoarding those things up, and not all that's not us giving of our abundance, is it? That's people taking advantage of a situation. And that's certainly not what we would want to do. I know here as a congregation, we had stuff just show up at the door. Stuff that we might could use in different worship services. And that's because of the people of this congregation were willing to give a part of their abundance. And certainly, we appreciate those things. I can think way back to 9-11. You know, we, we had a conversation of a first responder, uh, he had been there at 9-11. He had rendered aid to those people. And several years later, he was also at the, uh, the federal building that was bombed in Oklahoma City. And he said the difference in those two situations, he said, when I was in New York, it cost me $20 for a sandwich. He said, in Oklahoma City, my money was not good anywhere I went. That was the difference. And that should be the difference in our lives. We shouldn't take that as opportunity to take from someone else. We should come together and play a part in aiding those who need our help. And as we see from this verse, it's not always financial. Sometimes it's just helping others in a way that they may be in need at a given moment. 
In Ephesians 4 and verse 28, it says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. You know, we're going to get a little political right now. I know we don't like to get political in the pulpit. But you know, when we look at social programs in this country, people have some very strong feelings about those things, don't they? And they stand on one side or the other, and they stand their ground, and they don't want to give an inch on that. But what are we really talking about? People typically don't have a problem with individuals that they know that need help, that without a doubt, they're in a position in their lives where they could, could use a hand. Nobody has a problem with that. The problem is with the abuse, isn't it? And that's why we have the political issues that we have. Because we have people that are willing to take advantage of those things. And for that reason, people tend to fall on one side or the other when it comes to those things. You know, we need to give a hand out to those people that are really in need. And certainly, if it was a situation where we knew without a doubt that we were not being abused in some way, no, none of us would have a problem with that. In Psalms 28 and verse 27, it says, He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. You know, this is a tough one, isn't it? We don't want to reward bad behavior. And goodness knows we've seen enough millionaires on TV that got their, their wealth from standing on a corner begging. We see those situations, and those situations ingrain in us. And we don't want to be thought of someone that would help that. So you have to do your best, the best you can to help those who may deserve it. You know, just as this verse reads, the easiest thing to do is hide your eyes. As we walk along, it's easier to hide our eyes. But many of these verses that you'll see talk about helping a brother or a sister in Christ. And certainly it doesn't matter what it is that they need. We need to do our best to aid them in that. You don't know what to do, so if you ignore the problem, it tends to go away. But what might be a better approach to that? Maybe we should decide what situations we want to help with, shouldn't we? Maybe in certain situations, we're willing to do whatever we can. Certainly, we can't fix every problem that we have. Talk to Sean. He'll tell you, when he goes to Nigeria, there's no amount of money that can fix the issues that they have there. I can remember probably 30 years ago when the work in India was just taking hold and they were going on a tour to raise money for different things. And I remember, I was very young, but I remember a statement that they made. They said, if we could raise a billion dollars today, it would not fix India. And that was a true statement. There was so much need in that country. A billion dollars at that time, which would be probably tenfold today would not fix that country. And certainly they've come a long way since then. They're a developed nation now. They have various things. But it comes back to the fact that we're in that same situation. We can't help every situation that we see. But we need to decide what we're willing and what we're able to assist others with. You know, obviously we... We knew someone to be, if we knew somebody to be starving and there was no question of their sincerity, we would help them in every instance of that. No doubt, I have confidence if everyone in this room, that they would step up and help in that situation. But it's not always that black and white. 
And the truth is, these situations are rarely that easy when it comes to helping others. We need to do the best we can to help what we can. So what criteria could you use to decide which situations you would become involved in? What would that be for you? You know, some may say, well, if it involves children, I'd always be willing to help in those situations. And for others, it may be with the elderly. I'd be willing to do that. And others may say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the need is. I want to fulfill that need where I can. And that's a good start for us to look at those things and know beforehand what we're willing to be involved in. But we need to find a starting point and know where we fit in on those things. What if we helped someone only to find that they were undeserving and just took advantage of us? What happens in that case? You know, I think a lot of us get in that situation and we, we come upon an opportunity or we come on somebody that need, possibly needs some help. We think, well, what if they buy drugs with this money? What if they do all of these things that, that we don't agree with, that we know are just hurtful to the individual? What if? What if? You know, I'm not saying we just need to put all those things aside and not even consider what this individual may do. But if the need is there, we need to help fulfill the need in a, in a way that we can. You know, I don't find any passage in the Bible that says we become a fool if we help somebody that's undeserving. I don't say, see anything that we've done something wrong if we've helped someone and it's not someone we should have helped. But I see countless examples that say we're to help others as the opportunity presents itself. That's what we see. And if that individual doesn't use the things that we do, doesn't use the help that we've given in a way that glorifies God, that's out of our control. And sometimes we learn from situations. Sometimes we learn to do the things that we need to do. But we can't worry about what others may do. You know, we see strong examples, uh, a strong example of selfishness in the book of James. In James 2 and 15, it says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? You know, the example here uses a brother or sister for the scenario. We're talking those that are gathered in this room, those who are loyal to Christ. What if those individuals need our help? Then we need to do what we can to help them. You know, the example uses those, and it doesn't, and not only do they deny any sort of assistance, but they're also sent away. And I think it's interesting that they're sent away, because once again, you turn a blind eye if you send someone away. Go and be thou warmed and filled, but just get out of my presence, so to say. You know, certainly something like that would work on our conscience. If we were just hung around with that person and they had told us and they would approached us and probably that would have been hard for them to do and now they're there with us, that would work on your conscience, wouldn't you? What's the easier thing to do? Depart. Go your way. Go somewhere else. You know, most situations aren't this extreme, but you can imagine someone telling you, I could really use some help. I could really use some help right now. And your response was, well, I hope you find some. That's basically what this verse is saying. 
I can recall several years ago, I was working on a project at work, and we had just run into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and it just seemed like we were getting nowhere. And I went to my boss, and I said, look, I, I just can't get any cooperation out of these people. And it had to do with moving, moving a group of, of salespeople from California to Lubbock. And it just didn't seem like it didn't matter what we did. We just could not get any traction on this thing. So me and my boss, we sat down, and he spread this stuff out. And he, we, we created graphs, and we told all the different things that we were running into, and we were ready. We went in, and we saw the vice president of, of customer service. We went in there, and we talked to him. We told him the issues we were having, and this project was supposed to be done. And after we went all through all of that, he said, okay, you let me know if I can help you. And he gathered his things and he walked out. And my boss looked at me and said, I thought that's why we were here. <laughs> you know, that's how it can be. We can look at people sometimes and they can, without fully saying, hey, I need your help. But they can talk about the things in their life. And you can tell that they need help. What do we do in those situations? You let me know if I can do anything. Sometimes that's enough. But sometimes they need more than that. And we should be on the lookout for those opportunities. We're all selfish to a certain extent. But the question you have to ask yourself is to what extent? To what extent does our selfishness go to? And that's where I think we have to question it. To meet our obligations on providing for ourselves and our families, we have to use our time and our resources. We think about the stresses of our jobs and the value, and, the va and we value the time that's labeled as our time. Our time. For the things we do to pass our time. Whatever it is for you. We have hobbies. We have different things that we like, that we enjoy to do. To what extent does that overlap where we have opportunity? Because the thing is, Helping someone else is rarely going to be convenient, is it? It's going to hit us at a time where we have other things. It's going to hit us at a time when we have work to do. It's going to hit us at times that are not convenient. And we have to think about those things and understand that and be looking for opportunities and know that this is going to cost us something. You know, I heard somebody say at one time, if you're going to help somebody, it's going to cost you financially, and I don't believe that. I don't believe it's financial in every case. Someone may just need your help with something. And it may be something simple. But I think it will cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you inconvenience. And that's okay. That's why we're talking about these things this morning. Because we have to determine what it is we're willing to give up. And we have to look at the different passages that tell us that's part of what we're here to do is to help our fellow man. In 1 John 3 and 17 it says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You know, we can justify in our own minds any amount of selfishness in our lives, can't we? And we tend to do that. If we see someone else in need, and we, we shut up our bowels of compassion, so to say, we're somehow justifying in our own minds why, we, why we're justified in doing that. 
The material things I want or the time I had planned for something might be put on hold in order for me to help someone else. And we're talking about a brother here. We're talking about someone in this room. We're talking about some that we know to be a follower of Christ that may be in need. You know, if our selfishness causes us to do this, then the Bible asks, how can the love of God dwell within you if we can't even help our fellow man? I think it's a fair question, and I think it's one each of us have to ask ourselves, and it's not a question that we, anyone can answer for anyone else. But we need to see what the priority is in our lives. We want to be numbered with God, God's people. We want him to dwell within us, so we need to find ways to put our selfishness aside and help others if we have opportunity, as we've been taught here. You know, in general, we, we think of selfishness to be financial or possessing things or those things of those nature. What's the first thing to come to mind, though? Sometimes general concern for others can be much more important than these other things. Just a general concern for your fellow man. And certainly they're very important as we strive to live as God would have us to live. In checking in on one another and knowing the current state of our brothers and sisters. In Romans 14 and verse 15 it says, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Now, we know this passage is about liberty, don't we? We know about using liberties in our, lo our own lives. And when it talks about meat, it talked about you had several Jews that came out of Judaism and now were Christians. And some of them were offended by that meat. They felt like they were doing something wrong if they partook of that meat. Well, you had some of these Gentiles that couldn't care less what kind of meat it was. If they had a chance to eat, they were going to eat. Do we have enough care for our brother or our sister if we have a situation like that that we would be willing to forgo that liberty? So what does our selfishness tell us in these types of instances? You know, typically we hear responses, something to the effect that I'm doing nothing wrong and others just need to deal with it. Is that the attitude that Christ would have us to have? That others just need to deal with what we want to do? Certainly not. Certainly not what he would have us to do. What did we think of someone in the past that sat smoking and just blowing smoke all around them? You know, not as many people smoke anymore. I, I hear them talk about stories about Dr. Mendiola sitting down at the nurse's station just smoking a cigarette right there at the nurse's station. That makes me laugh. You know, we, that's just unheard of now. We would, you wouldn't see something like that. I think about riding in an airplane in such a confined space and somebody just lighting up and blowing smoke all over the place. Even today, it wasn't very long ago, you know, even though you couldn't smoke in air, on an airplane, you still had that little ashtray on the, on the armrest and you sit and flip it, you know, while you're waiting to take off. It hasn't been that long ago. You know, we didn't know the effects of smoking in the beginning. But certainly there are, it bothered a lot of people that had asthma or had certain allergies. You know, the things we choose today can be just as offensive. If it causes someone to go into sin, that's not something that we should do. 
You know, we shouldn't be the, the type of person that's going to push somebody all the way to the edge of committing sin because of the things that we do and just leave them there. Maybe that individual's not as strong as we are. Maybe that individual can't partake of those liberties because of where, where it may lead. Are we willing to go far enough and to put our selfishness in check long enough to overcome those things? You know, the list can go on and on of the different things that we could do to hurt someone else. But we need to take that into account and know that our selfishness can lead to hurtful things for others. It can have unintended consequences. We didn't intend for anyone to get hurt in, any, in a lot of situations that happen. But we need to consider what those consequences may be for others when we partake in those liberties. In Romans 15 and 1, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. This verse goes well with the previous one and that our wants and desires should not be the only consideration when we do things. That shouldn't be the only thing we consider is what we want, is what's good for us. You know, if it's hurtful to those around us, it's not something that we should do. When dealing with others, we should take their situation into account and not just what we want. And when considering the infirmities of the weak, we don't want to march them right to the fence between right and wrong and not consider the effect it may have on them. Because as we said, they may not be as strong. And while you may be stronger in resisting evil, if you put them in that situation where, are they likely to, where they're likely to fail, we're not acting in their best interest, are we? We need to consider that. Galatians 6 and 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. You know, I can't read this passage without thinking about a donkey. I, for some, it just makes me laugh every time I hear it. Because you know, a donkey is known as a beast of burden. And that phrase, for some reason, just tickles me. And the reason they're known as beasts of burden is they're used to carry heavy loads. And that's how we ought to be when we have a brother who's carrying a burden that we can help with. We ought to be that beast of burden that helps them shoulder that load, that helps them get through whatever it is in life that they're dealing with and render aid whenever possible. It's not something we typically seek to do, but we ought to be willing to set our selfishness aside and help those who are dealing with difficult situations in their lives. You know, it, it's just reasonable that we would help somebody, that we consider to, and would call someone a brother or sister, that we would be willing to do that and help them with whatever it is they're dealing with. In Philippians 2 and verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Do you think of a problem in this world that can't be solved by this passage right here? This one right here. There's a lot of passages in here that could do a lot of good for the entire world. But is there one thing that you can think of that this wouldn't solve? You know, if you can think of a situation that that could not be solved by this passage, I'd like to know because I, I can't think of one. This could do more good for the world, and yet many times it's ignored. 
You know, we get so busy in this life that we forget about everyone else. We all have responsibilities. We have all have th certain things that we've got to accomplish on a daily basis. We have things that we have to do, and we have responsibilities. But we get so caught up, we forget about our fellow man. You know, if there was anything good that came out of last year, it's that we saw a lot of people helping others. We saw a lot of people rendering aid. We saw people more concerned about their neighbor, what their neighbor, neighbor might need. You know, I know there's probably some people that actually met their neighbor last year. They may not have even known them. But out of concern because of what was going on, we did see some good come from that. You know, we should st actually stop and think about these different situations and how we might be able to aid others. How these things might affect them and what we can do to render aid. We need to strive for a mind that considers others before ourselves. You know, I remember as a kid having instances of selfishness. You know, our parents would always have these different things they wanted us to do. We need to go mow brother so-and-so's yard. We need to go check on sister so-and-so. We need to do, we need to do, we need to do. It just seemed like, you know, our parents were never short of something that we needed to do. You know, sometimes that got in the way of what we wanted to do. And we weren't very happy about that. But I can remember them taking us aside and explaining why those things were important. It was important for us to check on others. It was important for us to do what we could for others. And you know, that's something that, that we need to do. It is important that we do those things and that we look out for others, just as this passage has taught us this morning. Luckily, their example and influence would eventually win over and we would go and do whatever needed to be done. And we would go check on that individual or, or help them in whatever way they thought we needed to. But again, it was rarely 100% convenient. Not for us, not for my parents, not for whoever else was rendering aid. It took something. It took effort. And luckily, my parents were good enough to me to teach me that that was important. Not that I do it as much often as I should, you know. We see opportunities come and go, and we let those pass. But we need people thinking in this direction. You know, we have to make an effort to be aware of the opportunities that present themselves. And First Timothy 2, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, un without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but dying the power thereof, from such turn away. And just as the previous verse could solve the problems in this world, I believe this is a comprehensive list of all the things that cause pro those problems in this life. And a lot of them have to do with how we deal with our fellow man. It's a very long list of selfish attitudes that can be harmful to those around us as well as just being harmful in general. You know, there's nothing in this list we want to be a part of, nor do we want others to think of us in this way, is there? That's just not something that we want people to think of us when they read this list. Selfishness is, is the root of each one of these attitudes. You know, if I am selfish, then I love myself much more than others. I covet possessions that belong to others, 
boast of myself, I am unthankful, and so on. Many of the things in this list is the very thing we're talking about this morning and the opposite of how we should conduct ourselves. So having said all this about selfishness and how we should not conduct ourselves, now what? You know, Jesus made it very clear through his examples and teachings that we should have others' best interest in mind when we deal with people. In Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12, it says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. You know, we've heard that passage a lot of times. A lot of times. Whatever our motivation for trying to put ourselves above others, Jesus says we're actually hurting ourselves in the long run, aren't we? We're hurting ourselves in the long run. When we humble ourselves and mind the interests of others, we're pleasing to him. And he says the day will come when we shall be exalted. That's not now. That's a time to come. The time for our reward is not in the present. We lay up future reward in heaven. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4, it says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own is not easily provoked, and thinketh no evil. You know, we know this passage from to be the so-called love passage, don't we? The love we should have for others in our lives. You know, this passage lists several things that we should do and several things not to do as we strive to be less selfish and live better as Christians. Again and again, we see that we're to have a love for our fellow man and, and a, a concern for those around us. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 8, it says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, the first verse here starts out by telling us that charity or love is the one thing that will lead us to treat others as we should. And we know that. If we have a love for our fellow man, we're not going to do anything that's not in their best interest. We're not going to do things that are detrimental to them. We're going to encourage them to do the things that are going to improve their own lives. The passage continues by saying that we were given the gift of grace and we should be willing to extend that to others. You know, God gives that to us abundantly, grace. And we should be willing to give that to others. We have so much to be thankful for because of the blessings that God gives us. You know, those blessings and the comfort that God cares and the comfort that God cares about us should lead us to treat others around us in a loving way and put our selfishness aside to please him. And that's what we're really talking about this morning. Putting those things aside. Deciding to what extent our selfishness goes. Because there are things that we have to do. We have responsibilities. We have to get up each day and we have to go and, and be around others and do our jobs. But to what extent does that go to where we're not just taking care of ourselves and our families anymore? We're going above and beyond those things. In Luke 6 and verse 31, it said, And as we would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. By proactively seeking to treat others in a good way, we'll be exemplifying the proper attitude and should have the attitude we should have rather than letting our selfishness be our foremost attitude. You know, we know that to be the golden rule. We've heard that probably since we were children. 
And it applies today. It applies to this subject that we should be willing to do for others as we would have them do to us. That's not a passive statement. That's an active statement that we do to others as we would have them do. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.